He's just a kid at the end of his half-life. No, I live. I die. I live again. Time out. Throw him out. Welcome to the Mad Max Minute. Is there not rain enough in the sweet heavens to wash it white as snow? Where to serves mercy but to confront the visage of offense? This is Mad Max Fury Road, one minute at a time. I'm Rick. And I'm Julia. And today we're talking about Minute 46, which begins with Max connecting the brake lines so the rig can enter the canyon. And it ends with Max returning to find a commotion has broken out. Here to explain why does the floor move are Tom Taylor and Pete Mummert from the Indiana Jones Minute. Hey, guys. Hey, how's it going? Hello. Welcome. Thank you. Tom, you are a returning voice, but our listeners will be amazed to hear that we finally got the slippery and elusive <laughs> Pete Mummert. Hey, he's the stealthy one. Yeah, I, I couldn't I couldn't hide from the bullet farm any longer. <laughs> Every time we've tried to get you before, you've had some sort of thing pull like you away. Disaster, but... yeah. <laughs> so we're nothing if not persistent. Exactly. <laughs> so far, yeah. So far, nothing bad has happened this evening. So the week is still young. We'll see yeah. what happens. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, we swiftly ran out of movies. That's the problem with only having four. <laughs> A problem that you two can sympathize with. Yes. Yeah. We've. Uh... We, we're, we're, we're pacing ourselves. We're trying to be smart. <laughs> smart and relaxed. <laughs> that's, our, that's our motto for now, mm -hmm. for Crystal Skull. You may, you may have a new movie coming out before we do. That's the thing I keep hearing, mm -hmm. that wheels are moving on our end of the spectrum, but also there might also be wheels moving on your end. I don't know how much you're keeping up on it, but I've also heard rumors that there is another indie movie in the works. Yeah, we keep hearing rumblings. You know, everybody sounds like they're on board and scripts are being... Last I heard, uh, is it uh, Lawrence Kasdan's boy? J yeah. What's his name? Jake? Jake Kasdan? Is that... Anyway. I don't remember. Yeah, whoever... He wrote uh, Solo and he's written stuff with his dad and he's uh, supposedly writing the newest uh, version of the script. Hmm. That sounds encouraging. Is Harrison Ford on board? That's yeah. What, yeah. They're still going with Harrison Ford. <laughs> They're still going with Harrison Ford. And I think Frank Marshall said that he is definitely not dying in the mm -hmm. movie. Yeah. Which seems that. to be how yeah. you get Harrison Ford into a movie these days. You have to kill off his <laughs> beloved character. But uh, maybe this is a, you know, some sort of loophole. Maybe they didn't want to bring back Shia LaBeouf to have him stab Harrison Ford on a bridge. <laughs> Understandable. Yeah. I don't want to go around doing hollywood casting necessarily but oh, hey yes, you can you do you could always get <laughs> what's his name aaron uh alden something alden or other erickson or alden, yeah yeah aaron yeah. Reich or something oh, yeah aaron Reich, yeah i got gotcha. just do more young indiana jones adventures with him sure. he was good i liked him yeah. as, as han solo <laughs> yeah that was a good example of like uh an actor just sort of being the character and not trying to ape the actor who he's replacing mm -hmm. you know i think that i think that worked really well <laughs> yeah i agree i thought he did a good job stick a hat on that guy it'll be good yeah <laughs> slap a fedora on him put him in a leather jacket give him a whip just like replacing mel gibson with tom hardy yeah you no don't even notice 
throw a <laughs> leather jacket on him, put him in yeah. the wasteland, and yeah, no one even notices. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just, but it worked really well. It did. For this movie. It really yeah. did. Like, yeah. that could work. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine Mel Gibson hanging off the back of an oil tanker <laughs> on this little, like, metal tongue thing, reaching down, grabbing a brake line, and plugging it in like this? Because I don't absolutely think I could not. see him do it. No, hanging by his beard, not. maybe. I could yeah. see that. <laughs> in a lot of the behind the scenes stories I've heard, that was actually one of the big reasons that Mel Gibson didn't come back because when. George Miller wanted to make this movie back in the late 90s. Gibson mm -hmm. was all for it because he was a younger man. Sure. And then 15 years go by and Gibson's like, oh, heck no. <laughs> I'm not doing that. <laughs> yeah. I like the idea of an older Max and seeing how an older man survives in this kind of society. You know, when you're not in Morton Joe. Yeah. Uh -huh. I think it would have worked better as an old Mad Max than it did as an old Indiana Jones. Mm. Hmm. Yeah, that's fair. But it would that's have been a fair. different movie. This yeah. couldn't have been Fury Road as we know and love it with right. Mel Gibson. It would have been a different movie. Yeah, yeah I think you might get, to, I'm sure you guys have talked about this, but I'm sure you might have an easier time letting Max take a bit of a backseat to the other characters with a new guy than you could if you have like, oh, this is the Mad Max, this is Mel Gibson. This is our guy, and he's in the backseat, like mm -hmm. literally in the backseat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I'm ready for two hours of an old Max shaking his fist and cursing these young whippersnappers <laughs> yeah. out here on the road. And yeah. They don't know how to drive, and back in my day. <laughs> that would be rough. Maybe they can bring in Clint Eastwood. He's still acting. And then they can do some sort of get off yeah. my lawn type of thing. They could start a sort of uh, Expendables thing with just grumpy versions. Yeah. Grumpy who's, old men versions of all our favorite grumpiest. action stars. I thought that was what the Expendables movies actually were got, to Now that I'm with. saying it, yeah, it is kind of yeah. exactly what it was. Yeah. <laughs> it's a shame that hollywood feels like they have to make this movie that's all inclusive of these grumpy old men instead of having movies that are appropriate stories for grumpy old men hmm. yeah yeah they're not at the end of their career just because they're old right yeah, right there are still parts out there for grumpy old men <laughs> definitely yeah <laughs> like a remake of grumpy, no, old, grumpy men. old men yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i haven't seen those movies but i hear they're phenomenal I hear they're really funny. I'm amazed I haven't seen them because I love those guys. I mean, I saw them when it came out. The first one, I really enjoyed it. I kind of want to blame Bob Dole. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Bob Dole? Because Bob Dole was the spokesman and the figurehead for the Viagra campaign, convincing <laughs> older men across the country that they're still viable and full of vitality into their golden years. <laughs> and they're he not. He emboldened them and now look at Hollywood. <laughs> I mean, really, when it comes to replacing actors for a good quarter of this movie, it could have been anyone behind that mask because it's not until this minute when Max is God. up on the tanker filing away at his mask that he finally gets that thing off his face. That's true. Mm -hmm. That's that actually a really good point. That is the best moment of this movie so far. <laughs> it's such a relief. Yeah. And it's such a powerful kind of Max kind of image, just like standing atop this moving truck, just furiously doing something. 
you know, and it, and it's <laughs> every time I see him doing that, I think I, I want some prop guy to have spent like an afternoon to see exactly how long it would take to file through <laughs> the metal until I get that off, like in real life. Just because I'm like, wow, because I mean, just he's like behind his head and like just he can't get like totally good, like, you know, strokes in there each time and stuff. It's like a really quick kind of jittery thing. And and yeah, it seems like it'd be a, a massive drag, but he finally wins. Although someone <laughs> who suffers from misophonia, Ooh. I, I think that would be like the sound of that constant metal on metal filing, especially attack, like touching your head. Yeah. That, yeah. that would be hard for me. I might just leave the mask on. And the vibration of that and everything, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen the ads for those bone conductive headphones that they're selling? No. Bone conductive? Yeah. So oh my God. you put it around your head and I don't know how it works. It's something that presses into the bones of your head and it mm. transfers sound that way instead Whoa. of, you know, putting headphones on your ears. And apparently it's supposed to be better for hearing or something like that. Wow. I think it's a gimmick. <laughs> but Could be. Yeah, when you want to sure talk about it. sound transfer uh-huh. through contact, P, I think wow. you're absolutely right with the whole yeah. <laughs> how noisy and annoying that would be. And he's been working at this thing for minutes. Yeah. yeah. And he would. He would feel it in your bones. I love the anticipation for how long it takes for those final moments. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And he's just standing yeah. there. And he's going <laughs> to yeah. keep standing there until it's done. Right. <laughs> yeah, there's like other stuff he needs to be doing right now. But he's like, just a second, just a second. I'm almost there. I got to do this one thing first. I have to I have to give him a shout out too. Like, as somebody who rides public transit every day, and I'm also kind of a germaphobe, so I always try really hard not to hold on to the, that, that rail or like the straps. <laughs> I'm, I'm impressed that he can stand up there just so easily, nonchalantly, and, and file yeah. the back of that mask. Like, he's got some excellent balance. <laughs> I like this minute because it's a set. They don't go three for three, so we don't follow that rule. But this minute contains two very good moments of, I don't know, is there a proper word for the release of a constipation? Oh, probably. Because we start (laughs) off this minute with the fuel pod dragging, and then Max connects the brake line, and the wheels start rolling again. And we get that release of that jittering holding us back. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. And then right in the middle of the minute, Max is working away at that head cage. And he finally gets it off. And the soundtrack almost sighs. Or maybe it takes a <laughs> breath. Yeah. Kind of a, oh, finally. <laughs> uh, that's the way wheels are supposed to work. <laughs> that is pretty awesome. You know, I this is I didn't expect to say this, but I kind of in a weird way miss the mask in a the the face cage thing on him, only because I really like Max in the first twenty minutes of this movie where he's strapped to the front of the car and he's the most talkative he's ever been in any of the movies. I think <laughs> he's like that's my head. He's just kind of like muttering to himself, like ah, they stole my car. He's like very Popeye-ish almost, like just kind of like muttering to himself and chatting and and. uh so there's like, I just have that image of him on the car with the mask. So I'm kind of like, oh, the mask is gone. Well, all right. He's still Max. Okay. <laughs> yeah. The mask has definitely become part of his character. Hmm. Yeah. So now yeah. that it's removed, I feel like we're getting a new character. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what it especially did? It gave him an interesting profile. <laughs> it did. You're right. Yeah. Like, visually speaking, Tom Hardy has you know a fairly normal looking head. Mm-hmm. It's not weird. Or anything like that, which I guess is a compliment. 
<laughs> you don't have a weird head, mister. <laughs> and the map gave it some interesting shapes to go with it. Very iconic looking. Yeah. And now we're just back to Tom Hardy. He's a handsome guy. Big deal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting over here. Oh, man, we have to look at Tom Hardy and other people are going to be like, uh, yeah, we get to look at Tom Hardy now. <laughs> Speaking of iconic looking, I can't get over how amazing these cars look, like everything welded onto this truck and everything. Yeah. And I'm curious, it, the cars seem older in this movie than they do in the previous iterations. Is Do we know like what year the apocalypse happened or when that happened in relation to this? I think the apocalypse in general is relative. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. It's, it's hard to do the math. Yeah, the real apocalypse is the friends we made along the way. (laughs) Um, But if you want to crunch numbers, I think we're looking at somewhere between 20 and 30 years. Okay. I want to say. You know, I think we figured it out in the past, but honestly, I can't remember. Yeah. (laughs) It's been a while since we've had to think about it. Sure. And it's been a while since we've had to, like, apply it to the story we're watching. Uh Yeah. Does it get weirder because this movie's a little bit not reboot ish necessarily, but it's like a different guy. It's much it's much later. Is there a sense either in the movie or behind the scenes that this isn't necessarily totally timeline friendly or something like it's not exactly a follow through from like the last movie or something? They have gone to great lengths to connect this story to Thunderdome. Mm-hmm. OK, there okay. is a comic like. that goes in between. Ooh. That connects those stories very strongly. Yeah. So behind the scenes is absolutely part of the timeline. Okay, cool. But what they've also done is leaned so heavily into the aesthetic of this movie Mm -hmm. that Uh they've, uh, I guess they've art directed themselves into a situation where people can watch the old movies and then watch this movie and be like, oh, it looks so different. And I'm like, yeah, it looks different, but it also kind of looks better. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like they have a budget yeah. now. It looks better. Yeah. 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 It's coming from the same place. It feels like, you know, like, it, I mean, obviously it's like crazy cars, messed up folk, yeah. <laughs> deserts. The bones are the same. <laughs> yes. Yeah, definitely. I see what you mean about the cars. They look older. They're more of a 50s style. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not great with cars, but yeah, especially neither. the cars that are used as the, the lookout shells on top of the rig. Uh-huh. Correct me if I'm wrong, and I probably am, but they remind me of, like, a Studebaker. Yeah, I want to say the word Studebaker. I'm not sure what even the definition of Studebaker is, but I agree with you completely. Well, you're definitely in the right geographic area, because I think they're supposed to be parts of a VW bug. Oh, okay. That back one looks like a bug. While we're talking about the different shapes on the tanker, right around the 11 second mark, we get this wide shot of the war rig, and... One thing that I really like about this movie is how George Miller directs your focus in action scenes. And now that we're out of an action scene, he goes from a close shot of Furiosa in the middle of the frame and then we cut to the wide shot. And so there's a lot to look at. So people watching from a Western viewer viewpoint will start up at the top left and go left to right from top to bottom. So the first thing you'll see is Max. But -hmm. then what George Miller will do, which I don't think he really did in earlier movies, is he'll use a zoom to direct our focus to the front of the tanker Mm, so that we can see Nux pop out. And if you go back to the beginning of that shot, right around second nine, you can see Nux's legs hanging out from the bottom of that tanker. (laughs) Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. 
Oh my god, yeah. Check that out. That's cool. Oh yeah. Whenever I see shots like this where there's obviously like it's noisy and the actor is like physically far away from the camera and everything, but some but things have to happen at a certain time. I'm always like, I'm always like well, how, how, how does he how did he know when to climb out and everything? Like, did he count to 100 or was there a bullhorn? Or I mean, I assume it's something simple like that. But I always think about that. Like, you know, you're picturing like George Miller, like, get out of the truck now. <laughs> Go. One thing that I really like is that as we zoom in, you can see Ang Herod. She's hanging out the passenger window, looking at all the people chasing them. And she leans back into the window and then Nux pops out. And I'm thinking, okay, either Nux was making sure no one was keeping an eye on him Mm. or he was just popping out because there's no way that he wouldn't be crawling out in a blind spot. The war rig is huge. (laughs) It's got to have massive blind spots. Yeah. Ang Herod would have to be hanging out real far to be able to see Nux popping out of this hole. <laughs> yeah. <I bet>. yeah. <laughs> so when uh, Furiosa freaks out the second he gets in there, I mean, you know, he obviously wraps a chain around her neck and that would freak anybody up. She grabs her, you know, the stick shift uh, knife and attacks him. But is the truck still going? Does she still have like her foot on the gas? Oh, yeah. I can never quite tell. Okay. Yeah. That's what it seems like. This truck ain't stopping. What's no. the can't yeah. stop, won't stop? <laughs> I think right. is the hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> well, she had previously locked the accelerator and locked the steering wheel so that she could go oh. to the back and fix oh, the fuel right. pod. Yeah. And then wow. Max was like, no, 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 I'll go. So she might not have removed that stuff yet. She okay. might have taken that opportunity to like stretch her gas pedal leg. Hmm. Use crazy. that post-apocalyptic cruise control. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it took the apocalypse to make the self-driving car. <laughs> why doesn't she uh why doesn't she just kill him immediately like why does she kind of threaten him but then she seems back to want off? to yeah oh yeah she definitely wants to my big question is when ang Herod shouts no unnecessary killing why would this count as an unnecessary killing <laughs> mm-hmm. because it was so easy for them to take control of him mm-hmm. they were on top of him in a heartbeat they were on him so fast and they could just toss him out the window like they're about to, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but they've been killing dudes left and right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but not yeah. personally, not directly. <laughs> it's yucky when you do it directly. <laughs> well, I mean, she was going to slit his throat, and they are wearing white, and yeah. <laughs> bleach has got to be really hard to come by in the post-apocalypse. <laughs> there are ladies present. <laughs> it's uncouth. But yeah, I can sort of see that. Like, I, I think that's a good point, that They've got him. It's not like he's a threat because there's, you know, four or five of them, you know, already on top of him. Hmm. So, yeah, killing him would be like too easy or something. And, and... <laughs> I love how the dag bites him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> something I noticed. Cheeto does not attack Nux. She like oh. disappears. Yeah. Like I'm looking at second 45 and you can see everybody, including Nux, but no Cheeto. Yeah, so there's like three pairs of hands that attack him. I think she just like slides down and under and she pops back up (laughs) further over in a couple of seconds. Mm -hmm. I just don't think she has any interest in fighting him because she she doesn't really want to be there. She pops down like a -a whack-a-mole. Yes. And then she just pops up (laughs) later. (laughs) I'm glad that you brought up the fact that the dag bites Nux because it begs the question, what does Warboy taste like? Ill. 
Well, Begs yeah. the question, what diseases did she just acquire? <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> I imagine being a little dusty and a little salty. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely salty. Yeah. Be very gristly, too. <laughs> like a salt lick. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. It would be awfully nice if instead of being all salty, it was like sugary, like the Warboys are just a bunch of powdered donuts. Oh, <laughs> that would be nice. <laughs> but what's probably more like it is a chalky taste. Mm. Like they're probably just rolling around in chalk to get that white coloring. Mm -hmm. So oh, maybe it would probably be like. Like a Pepto Bismol. Yeah, like an antacid. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe it smells like a baby. Maybe it's baby powder. <laughs> I can't kill him. He smells like a baby. Yeah, maybe she could maybe she's just like, oh you're so I can't help it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she wasn't even biting him. She's nibbling him. Oh you sweetie. She's yeah. car sick and she needs something to settle her stomach, so she gives him a bite. Yeah, there get you a little go. bit of that chalk in her, settle maybe her stomach down. Of the soda. <laughs> I find it interesting. In 2015, we had two movies, and I keep bringing up The Force Awakens because it did happen in the same year, mm -hmm. where you have characters that show up at one point in a scene, and they shout about a traitor. And in this one, Nux obviously yells, filth, you traded him, and then proceeds to choke Furiosa. Whereas in that other movie, you have the baton twirling stormtrooper guy yeah. who shouts traitor, and that's it. And I almost feel like, you know, baton twirly guy, he got to have the spotlight and no one remembers Nux shouting traitor the same way. I love how he yells it. Well, they remember him shouting other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> he shouts a lot of stuff and it's all very memorable. That's a yeah. very good point. He had other spotlights <laughs> to occupy. Yeah. Yeah. I've never heard anyone use traded as a verb either. Like, I don't even know if it that was great. a verb. Like, I think that's amazing. Is that like real English? Proper English? I think it's apocalyptic English. Yeah. yeah. I couldn't find or is it, it in a, a Waiting Ones English? Yeah, I think yeah. it's a, definitely reminded me of the Waiting Ones. Apocal English? <laughs> there really should be a Mad Max uh, dictionary. Yeah, there really should be. I bet be. there's enough stuff that you could actually fill one up. Yeah. That'd be you really have, cool. You have a couple of entries, you know, like traded and Poxy Clips. Schlanger and Comma Crazy. <laughs> yeah, Comma Crazy's good. Yeah. Aquacola. <laughs> Ang Herod is pretty good about pulling Furiosa off of Nux to keep her from cutting his throat wide open. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of shouting going on. And I love how Max is scrambling around the outside of the war rig because he hears the shouting over the yeah. roar of the engine, over the roar of the wind. He can hear shouting from inside. And so he's got to get to that window. And when he arrives, we have a little back and forth between the different players of this uh situation yeah and <laughs> ang herod is vehemently defending nux in a way shouting about how he's just a kid at the end of his half-life and i'm like kid i don't know how <laughs> old these characters are supposed to be but rosie huntington right. whiteley is only two years older than nicholas holt really i would have thought she was younger yeah well yeah. she was born 87 he was born 89 okay maybe but with her position as a wife to uh immortan joe she you know even though she, it wasn't a a good situation for her maybe she had this sort of uh, elevated place in society that leaves her feeling uh older and more superior to mm. uh to somebody like nux even if they're almost the same age that's yeah, my I think theory our society does equate 
adulthood versus childhood with experience. Yeah. So someone who they may be in their 20s, but they're inexperienced, especially people who are more experienced, refer to them as, oh, they're just a kid. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think it's fair. <laughs> I don't think it's a fair judgment. But it's I think not, it, but it's sort of understood. I mean, I can see her calling him a kid, I guess. Yeah. Because... I think in this situation, it is a fair judgment. In our yeah. society, I don't think it's a fair judgment. Yeah. She's wearing yeah. clothes and he's being a nut. <laughs> he won't sit still. He won't fold his hands. But I think it's interesting, and this will come up a lot more uh, two minutes from now, but how, in a way, he kind of seems like he is a kid, like he's kind of innocent because he's been raised since he was a tiny kid Mm -hmm. in this world. He doesn't know any other world. Mm -hmm. So the way he's behaving isn't necessarily something that he's doing wrong. Yeah. I like the idea that he's an innocent. He didn't make these choices. Right, right. His blind devotion is kind of uh, childlike in a way. Uh Yeah, and it's on full display. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's yeah. shouting. Well, okay. So Ang Herod is saying he's just a kid. And then he's saying, no, I'm not just a kid. I live, I die, I live again. And he's just mm-hmm. repeating rhetoric. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. Which is what a kid would do. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not a kid. You're a kid. <laughs> My dad can beat up your dad. <laughs> and he doesn't have a philosophy of his own to back up his claims. All he has are these sayings and mantras and yeah. logos to mm-hmm. defend himself with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Meanwhile, the wives are pretty much doing the opening to Rawhide, shouting, <laughs> hold him, tie him up, throw him out, <laughs> chuck him out. That's great. <laughs> Move him on, head him up, head him up. Move him out. <laughs> Ride him in Rawhide. They live in a big hit at Bob's Country Bunker. <laughs> <laughs> I think my absolute favorite part of this minute comes pretty late. There's a lot of shouting, people jostling around. And in the midst of all of this, Furiosa puts away her shiv and Max appears in the window Mm -hmm. and he's got his gun because he's expecting trouble. And then we cut to him right around second 58. And as we move over to second 59, he gives Furiosa this look as if to say, I left two seconds ago. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> you guys keep it together for crying when, out loud first the fuel pod starts dragging then i have to climb out and check it out not that he has to he volunteered to do it but then he turns his back for two minutes and then war boys stop popping out of everywhere and it's like what is going on i used to travel with a dog who could handle things better than you guys <laughs> like, this is why i didn't want to bring you exactly <laughs> getting back to her being insistent that they don't kill him is that something that's come up before? I don't remember that because it does seem not that it comes out of nowhere, but that it that it, it seems a little extreme for this situation. Yeah, this is the first time I, that they brought up the no killing rule. Yeah, I don't see it as particularly extreme, considering that these women are educated. With mm-hmm. education comes things like compassion and understanding. Yeah, that she is exhibiting. And Inherit is also, she's the leader of the group. She's very bold. Mm-hmm. I imagine that she was probably the one who cut this deal with Furiosa. Yeah, that makes sense. And so she's on top of it. She has the deal that she made and she's going to fight for it. Mm. Uh-huh. And I guess with everything that's been going on, she really hasn't been in a position. I mean, everything happens so fast, I kind of forget. But she might not have been in a position to say, hey, don't stab that guy in the throat. Hey, don't kill that guy. Don't knock that guy off your truck. Like, all this stuff has been happening around her, but this is... 
<laughs> yeah, this is the first time that the wives have been out and about yeah. for a battle. Yeah. Except for Max. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. And they never, in Max and Furiosa's fight, they never got to the point where Max was imminently in danger of being killed by Furiosa. Yeah. yeah. So the subject mm-hmm. of, whoa, 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 you shouldn't kill him, he's a victim too, never came up. Right. Yeah. And given what Max showed himself capable of, if he were in that position, Angharad might have thought, no, no, he should die. He's going to be a problem. He is not an innocent. And let Furiosa kill him. Yeah. She's fine with chucking him out the car. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Better to let gravity and the road decide. Yeah. (laughs) Than to sully their own hands. (laughs) But this look that Max gives Furiosa is how we end out this episode tom and pete could you tell our listeners where they can find more of you oh you can find us over at the indiana jones minute which is over at indianajonesminute.com we are working our way through all the indiana jones films one minute at a time and uh as of this recording we've completed the first three movies and uh we're working on crystal skull and uh yeah it should be available to you at some point in the future (laughs) <laughs> we also like uh, high octane chases through the desert we do yes we've got no problem with jumping from truck to truck and beating people up and knocking yeah. people off of things and sometimes smiling about it <laughs> as for us we will be coming back on Wednesday we'll see Max catch sight of more trouble on the horizon the wives are going to try and explain how Immortan Joe is the bad guy and Nux is going to get tossed right out of the war rig <laughs> The Mad Max Minute Podcast is a fan project by Rick and Julia Ingham. The Mad Max franchise was created by George Miller and Byron Kennedy, is presented by Kennedy Miller Mitchell Productions, and distributed by Warner Brothers. Mad Max Minute is produced and edited by Rick Ingham. Our opening music is Verdi's Dies Irae by Daniel Batista of DanielBatista.com. Our home on the internet is MadMaxMinute.com. You can follow us on Twitter at MadMaxMinute, like us on Facebook by searching for MadMaxMinute, and join our Facebook listener group, MadMaxMinute Beyond Microphone. If you'd like to support the podcast, visit MadMaxMinute.com, where you can see what's in our Tee Public store, join our Patreon, or even donate to the show to help us keep the tanks full. Thank you for joining us for Minute 46 of Fury Road. We'll see you next time. <laughs>